Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is the 12th of October, 2023. Um, Thirsty Thursday. Are you hungering and thirsting today after the things of God? Are you desperate for him? I am. Um, I am wondering if your world is uh, somewhat consumed like mine with not only uh, concerns related to Israel, but figuring out how to communicate with others, how to be sensitive um, to the raw wounds with which some people are walking around right now, many people, Um, translating this for our kids and our grandkids, helping our parents understand. Um, So we're going to, you know, we're going to continue to plow that ground today um, in our conversations. But like always, we're going to get ourselves into the Word of God, that the Word of God can get into us, that we could be adequately prepared in heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit to walk our faith, our faith in Christ, out into the world that God so loves, and to do so in ways that honor Jesus, who, notably today, um, you know, is Jewish. So just a little, little, put a little pin in that there. So let me ask you this. What makes you different from everybody else? What makes you different from everybody else? Now, your first answer to that question might be something you do, some skill you have, some attribute um, of who you are. And you're like, that's the thing that makes me different. You know, my mullet haircut, that's what makes me different. My, uh, you know, my ability to to know all of the rules of a particular game and interpret it to other people, that's what makes me different. Well, as a Christian— What makes us different from the rest of the people in our neighborhood, in our place of work, even in our own family, is Christ. Like, he's the difference. He's the difference maker. There are um, characteristics of Christ and ways of Christ that are supposed to be evident in those of us who are Christ followers. And those are the things that should set us apart. Those are the things that should make us different. The world should actually no, we are Christians. It should be evident in um, our character traits and in the ways in which we engage with other people. Not in the ways of the world, but literally in the way of Christ. Jesus says in John thirteen thirty five that everyone will know his followers, will know Christians by what? I mean, we sing about it, right? They will know we are Christians by our love. That's from John 1335 in the words of Jesus. Specifically, he says, you know, the the love of his disciples for one another is going to be the way that people know who they are. They will know that you belong to me by the love you demonstrate to one another. It's going to be different than the way the world loves. And you will be able to see it. So today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day 
comes, again, from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We've been working our way through Matthew chapter 5. We arrive today at Matthew 5, verses 46 and 47. Jesus says, If you only love those who love you, like, what reward is there for that? I mean, even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're only kind to your friends, like, how are you different from anybody else? I mean, even the pagans do that. How are you different? How are you and I, as Christ followers, different from anybody else? Those who are in Christ are a new creation, no longer conformed to this world, operating in the opposite spirit, the spirit of God, not the spirit of the world. Um, Christians uh, are literally changing their minds, a different mindset, a mind being renewed by the word of God, affections and desires transformed by the spirit of God, a life bearing the fruit of righteousness, evident to all. Your difference today makes a difference. That would be one of the things I want us to maybe, I don't know, I would say like crochet it on a doily, but nobody's doing that anymore. But you get the point. Your difference today makes a difference. And Jesus is the one that makes you different. So let the Jesus difference lead you to be different today in ways that make a difference. What difference does Jesus make? Not just in like, you know, stamping your, you know, your go ticket for heaven. What difference does Jesus make? How does Jesus make you different? How do you love differently? How is your joy different? How is your peace different? How is your patience different? How is your kindness different because of Jesus? How is your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, your self-control, how are they different because of Jesus? Jesus makes a difference. So what difference does Jesus make and how does Jesus make us different? If you love only those who love you, how is that any different than the ways of the world? Again, little little song we learned when we were kids. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Turning my alerts off on my phone. Mm-hmm. So that like um, in church, it's not uh, in the background of all we're doing. Uh, Jesus loves me, this I know. And Jesus demonstrated his love for us. Jesus demonstrated his love for you. Not by waiting for you to love him, right? Jesus came to seek and to save you when you didn't love him. That's, the, that's, that's Paul's point in Romans 5. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't wait for us to love him, to love us. That's different. Jesus loves differently, and Jesus wants his people to love differently. He didn't wait until people loved him to love them. And you and I cannot wait for the world to want what it has not seen, nor heard, nor experienced. The world does not want the love of of God in Christ Jesus because it hasn't seen it. And that's that's on us. So today, knowing that everyone we meet is dealing with a personal hell that we don't know, let us love. Let us love one another, yes, but let us love the unlovable. Let us love those who do the unthinkable. Let us love the unlovely. Let us love out of the love with which God loves us in Christ Jesus, a love that is incarnational, actually 
puts on flesh and walks around out there in the world. Love that is sacrificial, love that is gracious, love that is patient, love that is humble, love that is extravagant, love that is unexpected. Let us love that the world might know that there's a different way to live, the way of love. Mark Leach is a brother in Christ. He is the rector of the Darling Street Anglican Church in Sydney, Australia. And let me just tell you, he's got a hell of a story about love. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, so the ways of the world and the hate of the world have been on full display of late. Um, And let me just go ahead and tell you, uh, we are trying to connect with Mark Leach um, in Sydney, Australia right now. And so this is what on live radio we call buying time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to buy a little time with you today um, and it'll be worth it. So um, we have talked each day this week about the unfolding events in Israel, the attack by Hamas terrorists on Saturday morning, um, the Sabbath for the Jews. We have... um, audio posted at MyFaithRadio.com and on the Faith Radio app that is absolutely well worth your time um, in terms of listening and engaging. Paralysis stinks, and we feel like we can't do anything. Uh, We feel like we're paralyzed. That is not the way I want you to feel in the midst of all of this. So we want to equip you to pray, and then we want to equip you to act. We want to equip you to stand. We want to equip you to speak truth in love. We want to equip you to weep with those who weep. Um, We want to equip you to um, feel like you are not paralyzed in the midst of this. So um, the the death toll uh, of those confirmed um, slaughtered continues to rise. Um, There are an unknown number of hostages, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 150, some of whom are American. Not that. Uh, You know, let me just go ahead and say, not that that should really matter, but somehow it does. So there are Americans among the dead and there are Americans among the hostages. Um, A Hamas spokesperson on Russian television. So just get that in your mind for just a moment. A Hamas spokesperson on Russian television, um, not only justifying um, the horrific acts of Saturday morning, but justifying an ongoing um, <clears throat> war with uh, with Israel and the world. Um, so this Russian spokesperson was not only confirming that, yes, there are American hostages, but that they were taken intentionally. Um, this is a quote. The United States conducts prisoner swaps. It did so recently with Iran. Why wouldn't it conduct one with us? So this... Uh, Representative of Hamas has the expectation that the United States is going to uh, negotiate with terrorists for the release of those American hostages. Um, Senator Lindsey Graham is using the language of holy war. He is saying on his social media that, quote, we now there um, is a is a is a conversation for us. Who is the we? to whom Lindsey Graham is referring when he says we in this sentence. We are in a religious war. Surely he can't mean the United States of America, which is not a religious body. Um, So who does he mean by we? 
he is not Jewish, he is Christian. And so who does he mean by we when he uses the language of religious war? Those are the kinds of things that uh, when we talk about our language and our speech and how we say things and how what we say is interpreted and what it means to other people, particularly on social media. Um, so I, I claim me, myself, and I, I use the language of I. I stand with Israel. And then I can articulate who I am and why I stand with Israel as a Christian and how I understand Israel, yes, as a modern state, but as a Jewish state, and how I understand that in relationship to um, the biblical uh, reality of Israel, who Israel is as a people chosen by God, uh, blessed to be a blessing to the nations. Uh, So um, I can talk about my understanding of those things by using very personal language. I stand with Israel. And I can articulate, you know, why that is. And that's that's one of the things I want to equip you to do today is, yes, to take it personally. Absolutely 100% take it personally. It is personal. My friend Jamie has a daughter who's now on the front lines. My sister, Tiana, um, texted me in the middle of the night saying, I don't, I don't know um, what to say, and I don't know how to respond. My friend Peggy um, and her husband, Dan, live in Texas, and they're Messianic Jews. Dan's parents died in the Holocaust. Their daughters came to the United States um, for college, and then one returned to Israel. She has twin daughters. They have a restaurant. It's called Opa. It's up in the north somewhere, I haven't heard much of what's happening in the north of Israel. Can you help me with this? Peggy is distraught. Their hostess, the hostess of Opa, was pregnant, and they dragged her out of the restaurant and into the street, and they shot her. And then they killed her baby. And they used her cell phone to broadcast it on her own personal social media. And so those are the images that her family and my friend Peggy and her family are now trying to live with. What do I do? Funerals are beginning, but the grief is only just beginning to flow. And the need for you and I to respond to friends right here in the United States like Peggy and her husband and the paralysis that they feel today, and the threat they feel they are living under, um, and the watching world, and the grief too great to bear. Who are we as Christ people in the midst of all of that? So as we continue to try to get Mark Leach on the phone, and if we can't get him now, we'll certainly get him later, um, we're going to continue our conversation together right here on Mornings with Carmen. If you've got a specific question, you've got a specific concern, you have a person you want us to be praying for today, um, the text line is open, 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. As we consider the life of Jesus and the life of the first generation of Christians, reading here the book of Acts and all the letters to the Christians in the New Testament, we see people who like wake up, they come to see and understand and then receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And it changes everything. 
We see Christians then telling other people about the good news and inviting them to respond in repentance, be baptized, and follow Jesus. The movement of Christianity grows person by person and then exponentially as people walking in darkness receive the light of Christ and want others to know what they know and have what they have. Well, you and I are living in dark days. People need light. And Jesus is the light of the world today in the same way that he was the light of the world at the beginning of creation and at the first Christmas and throughout his life on earth and in his radiance now at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is the light of the world. So if you're walking in darkness of any kind today, I invite you to consider Jesus. If you'd like to know more about what it means to begin a relationship with Christ or to chat with someone about it, just text the word FAITH to 41224. All right, so we're going to continue to try to get Mark Leach uh, on the phone. He's the rector of the Darling Street Anglican Church in Sydney, Australia. Um, and I really wanted, um, and, I, and we will find him eventually. Um, well, maybe this is one of those times we should lift up a, a, a brother in prayer. Um, and, you know, the Lord knows where he is and why he's not on with us. And so let's just do that. Father, um, we lift up Mark right now. We don't know what is preventing him from joining us um, maybe it is as simple as um, as sleep, much-needed sleep. Maybe as a pastor, he is tending to um, the urgent need of of a person, a precious human being. Maybe, Father, um, the events of this week um, have literally caught up with him, so we want to bear him up before you. We want to ask uh, protection over and around him. Um, and, Father, if it be your will and in your perfect timing, we, we want to talk with him, and we want to hear his story. So thank you so much for his ongoing um, witness. In Jesus' name, amen. Who are you praying for today? How are you praying for them? And how can I help you um, pray for them today? Uh, Mary is inviting us to pray with her for um, her prodigal and the boyfriend of her prodigal. Um, this uh, this young man is uh, in in jail, maybe for six months, and so she's she's actually praying that God might get a hold of him in jail. We know this happens. We've heard this testimony from others that it took going to jail, it took going to prison, um, for God to uh, have the have the time and gain the attention um, of a of a prodigal. And so let's pray that with Mary, that God would um, place a Christian. In, uh, in the bunk above or below him, in the cell next to him, um, in the chow line, uh, in the yard. Um, she's also asking us that we would pray that he gets the help he needs. That probably um, has to do with, you know, release from addiction and dealing with childhood trauma and all of the other things that um, tend to lead people down paths of darkness and personal destruction. So, Father God, we ask uh, alongside Mary today, we ask prayers for her prodigal daughter, and we ask prayers for this boyfriend. Um, Father, you are able to redeem anyone from anything, anywhere, at any time. And so we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit and by the activation of a Christian brother, um, maybe there is a Christian community already in this jail or this prison where he is going to be uh, serving time. 
Father, may this time not be time wasted. May it be time that is, in fact, redeemed. May this be a place and a space and a time where his whole life is turned around, where he discovers the radiance of who you are, where he experiences deep forgiveness that changes his heart. And yes, Father, changes his, you know, his outlook on life and his, um, and his behaviors, but Father, his heart, change his heart. Do that interior work that then ultimately manifests in an outward reality. Um, we come before you with our sister Mary today, trusting you. Uh, Patrice is asking prayers today for Rachel and her husband. They are in Israel. Um, went to high school with, uh, with Patrice's daughter, um, and she's a school teacher. Rachel's a school teacher in Israel. Um, so let's, uh, let's lift up uh, Rachel and her husband right now. Father, we come before you. You know, um, you know the weavers. You know where they are. You know everything they're dealing with right now. You know every little child in Rachel's class. You know their families. And Father, you know the loved ones they have lost. You know their fears. You know the grief that is too great to bear. You know the horrors their little eyes have seen. You know the screams their little ears have heard. Father, we come before you brokenhearted. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We do what we can do. We pray. We put it all at your feet. We lift it all to your, um, to your goodness and your grace and your power. Father, we, um, we don't seek revenge, but we acknowledge that vengeance is yours. And so we leave it right there for you to do what only you can do. And that is let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. These are those days in which, Father, we are um, ill-equipped And so we just read your word back to you and ask that um, you might do it in these days. Father, um, Deborah's got a Palestinian friend um, who is posting things on social media that are breaking Deborah's heart. And... um, and yes, we are aware that there um, will be, there are, there have been, there are, there will be um, people caught in the crossfire on both sides of um, this raging battle. And so, Father, we lift them up to you as well. All right, we've got um, Mark Leach with us now. He's the rector of the Darling Street Anglican Church in Sydney, Australia. Good morning, brother. Good morning, Carmen. Great to talk to you. Thank you. We are thrilled to have you with us. I'm actually going to uh, send everybody um, all your social medias and your sermon from this past Sunday. Um, and so just know all of that. Um, our time uh, is, you know, our time is not short, but we've got about 10 minutes for you to tell us your story and encourage others um, to take a stand. So you're my brother in Christ. I don't know you personally, but I already love you. 
Um, <laughs> you were you were standing on the steps of your church in a clerical collar, holding the flag of Israel. First of all, what motivated you to do that, and then um, what was the response? Uh, well, uh, so my my background is interest is uh, as God seems to have wired me up for this. My mother's a Holocaust survivor, fled uh, Germany in 1938. Uh, my father was a Gentile, uh, so and I was brought up uh, mixed, and then came to faith uh, in Yeshua and Jesus as my Messiah. Uh, later in life, as it, as, a, as I finished high school, and uh, so I, uh, I, I, when when all of the, and my Jewish identity and sense of connection to the community is very strong, and so when this uh, the the horrendous attacks happened on Saturday, uh, I knew what was coming. Uh, my brother, to give a bit more context, I'm very familiar with Islam. My my brother converted to Islam. Uh, so I'd have many hours of conversations with him. So this protest was planned in at the Town Hall Square, which is right in the city centre of the city of Sydney and right next to the Anglican Cathedral in the city. And uh, I, it was going to be organised by pro-Palestinian. I knew the chance that they'd be crying out. I knew the anti-Semitic nature of it. And I thought this was just outrageous that two days after the worst massacre uh, that had happened to Jewish people since the Holocaust, they would be protesting in this way. Uh, and worse than that, the police, I phoned the police to say I was planning to attend. The police in Sydney warned me not to attend. They said, we can't guarantee your safety. They warned the Jewish community to stay at home. So the Jewish community in Sydney were warned for their own safety, stay home and let the radical Muslims come and protest and chant their jihadist genocidal slogans in the center of Sydney. So I thought, Hang on, that's that's someone needs to stand up for free speech to show that Christians stand with Israel. And uh, so I went along, and um, I, uh, I I was just standing on the steps of the cathedral, watching and praying on the edge of the uh, uh, the event. And then a group of young men started chanting "Kill the Jews," and I thought, "Ah, oh, that's enough." So I I took my Israeli flag out of my bag and I I waved it around for about a minute. And then was quickly surrounded by a group of very angry uh, young um, Muslim men, uh, Arab men, who chased me. This was in the center of Sydney, downtown Sydney. Monday afternoon, they chased me around the cathedral. Uh, one of them was running behind me, making a sign with his finger that he was sitting his, th his throat, uh, threatening to kill me. Uh, so I was very, very scared. I thought I need to get out of knife range of these guys. So I ran around the cathedral, up the street, down another street and hid behind a police van. And eventually the police came and dispersed this group of about 20 men who were uh, searching for me. So uh, that was my stand. I thought, no, come on. Uh, you know, all the takes for evil to flourish is for good people to do nothing. So I thought it's time to take a stand, take a stand for Jesus, take a stand for Israel. Uh, his people. And uh, yes, yeah, so I did that. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty scary. Um, I'm wondering if you can um, stay with us for a few minutes through a break here at the bottom of the hour um, and we can continue our conversation. Is that possible? Yeah, for sure. No worries. Great. 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 No, that'd be really helpful. So we're talking with Mark Leach. He's a brother in Christ. He's the rector of the Darling Street Anglican Church in Sydney, Australia. Um, I would love to um, send you uh, via, you know, via a text message, a link to um, his sermon from this past Sunday, um, which is the sermon he preached before he found himself then on Monday 
at, um, you know, standing um, with the people of Israel, holding his Israeli flag during a pro-Palestinian protest on the streets of Sydney, Australia, where people were chanting death to the Jews. Um, And so if you want to text me and get a link to the sermon, 877-933-2484, we'll have more with Mark Leach in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Anglican Rector Mark Leach. Uh, he serves the Darling Street Anglican Church in Sydney, Australia. Uh, he is, um, you know, he is the son of a Holocaust survivor. He found himself standing on the steps of his cathedral on Monday during a pro-Palestinian anti-Semitic protest in in the streets of Sydney, Australia, which might just surprise you on the face of it. Um, and the Jews had been warned uh, not to attend. Uh, the police could not guarantee their safety. Mark had been warned not to attend. Um, but there he found himself, and um, and, in, and in some way he could do no other. And he took the Israeli flag out of his pocket, and he, um, and he raised it. And um, people chased him <clears throat> with... Um, with the intent to do him physical harm, I think there's no other way to interpret um, their their response. Uh, and and then his week changed, his day changed, his week changed. Um, he he had an interview um, on Australian radio that I heard, and um, and now we've invited him to share this testimony with us in part, Mark, because I want Christians to know we are not paralyzed, and we must not be paralyzed. Silence is not an option. Um, and so can you talk with us about that? Could you talk with us about the conviction um, to not remain silent and to not be paralyzed in the face of what we're seeing around the world? Uh, sure, Carmen. Uh, I think fear grips us very easily. Um, and uh, I understand that. It's okay to be scared. Uh, there's a, And there's a lot that's scary out there. But uh, courage is choosing to do what's right, even though you're scared. And I think God calls us to be courageous in love. Now, that's not easy. It's often not easy to work out what is the loving thing to do. Life's complicated. But there are some situations where there's great moral clarity that emerges. And opposing uh, Hamas and jihadist terrorism is one of those things that is very clear that we should stand up and and not be intimidated. Now, there's a spiritual dimension and a theological dimension to this, which your listeners may not be aware of. That is, under, uh, the theological strategy of jihad uh, in the Muslim community is to intimidate the uh, the non-Muslim communities so that they live in a form of uh, what's called dimitude, that is subservience to Islam. So in countries where Islam rules, uh, non-Muslim communities live in dimitude, and the Jews across the Middle East have lived in this way. You know, they um, they're permanently subservient, and there's a a psychological and a spiritual dimitude that Islam and jihadist Islam seeks to impose on us, and we uh, we are caught up in that when we're too scared of radical Islam to we're scared of what they might do to us, so we stay silent. Our authorities are scared of offending the Muslims, so we stay silent. We give our police 
special sensitivity training in how to deal with Muslims. So our policing is different between uh, how Muslim people are treated and any other population group is treated. So uh, under God, with the spirit of Jesus, the Messiah of Israel in us, we, we're set free from that fear. So we say, no, no, we're not going to live in subservience to any other spiritual ideology. Uh, and that includes jihad. So then you have to say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to act in love for the good of others? And sometimes that will mean, as it has throughout history, putting your own physical safety and livelihood and life on the line to serve others. Uh, so that's how I think about it. I'm not sure if you agree with me or if your listeners agree with me, but that's what's been motivating my thinking and driving me. 100%. 100%. I really appreciated, um, uh, again, in your in your sermon this past Sunday, um, which for those of you listening, I'm more than happy to send you the link. Uh, you know, the, the word brought forward is from Romans. Um, the larger context is Romans chapters 9 through 11. Um, Mark really honed in um, on the challenge of overcoming evil with good and asking the question, how does God do that? And how do we participate in mm -hmm. Um, in in how God wants us to be doing that right now. And so light and darkness is a part of this conversation, but so too is pressing forward the edges of the kingdom of God in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. I mean, that is how the, that is how, uh, you know, what Satan thinks he holds is, is reclaimed bit by bit, step by step, footfall by footfall. And so where you plant your feet today actually matters. Um, and so, Mark, it uh, it's it's empowering. It's equipping. It is wonderful to know um, you as a brother halfway around the world. Could we um, could we specifically pray for you and the way that God is using your experience, your witness, and your testimony in the midst of all of this? Uh, look, that'd be wonderful. Um, I'm yeah. I I think just just that the love of Jesus for everybody, Jew and Gentile alike, shines through me and through all of those, all of us who stand for Messiah Jesus. And, and, and some of us will disagree for sure on the politics of Israel. There'll be disagreements to come in, in the days ahead about how Israel should, should prosecute this war. Uh, already that's happening. So, but through all of it, that followers of Israel's Messiah, Jesus, will live in the way of love, and that that'll start in my heart. I need that deeply. I, I mean, I'm I'm so flawed, and uh, and it's hard as a Jewish person to not be fearful and angry, and then act out of that rather than love. And the other thing is to pray for. I'm experiencing, as many of us are, some some form of measure of vicarious trauma this is this is deeply mm. traumatic so mm. that the healing of jesus will and the energy of the holy spirit will just carry me and all of us through this season those, those would be wonderful things to pray for yeah father we come before you as brothers and sisters in christ we come in the name of jesus we come in the power of the spirit um, we come linking um, hands across across and around the reach of a globe that you hold in in just the hollow of your hand. And so, Father, we acknowledge your magnitude today. Um, we acknowledge your goodness, your grace, your sovereignty. 
We acknowledge our need, our smallness, our desire, our brokenness. We ask for um, the power of your Holy Spirit in all of the ways that you just heard Mark articulate. Give us, give us humble hearts. Give us courageous hearts. Give us hearts that melt and break at the things that break your heart. Fill us with um, the, the energy, the imagination, the love that only you, only you could pour forth in sufficient measure for the living of these days. And so, Father, thank you for the opportunity to talk as brothers and sisters in Christ and to continue to uphold one another in prayer as we walk out our faith into the world that you so love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Mark, we look forward to uh, reconnecting with you somehow, some way in the days and weeks and months to come. Um, And thank you so much for living the life and leading others um, in, in the life of Jesus Messiah. I love, um, I love the way you speak of him and, um, and how important he and his, uh, his word and his spirit and community are to you. Friends, we're going to take a very, very brief um, step away and bring on John Edgar, uh, Edward F- uh, Fugler. He's the founder of Fresh Tart 24-7. He's also the author of Silence Your Inner Pharisee. And if you've been you know, trying to impress God and do it all, and wondering, um, you know, why your life is not animated by the Holy Spirit in the ways that uh, that you imagined a Christian life should be, that's the conversation we're going to have next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at myfaithradio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Do you have an inner Pharisee? Would you like to ditch performance and embrace radical freedom in Christ? That is uh, the testimony, the story, and the book by John Edward Fugler. Um, John, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, Carmen, thank you. I appreciate the the time to be with you today. No, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, so um, let's uh, let's go back in your story far enough that. Um, that we can recognize all the good you have done, all of the time you have invested, all of the things you've done for Jesus, right? Because it's like that performance world that um, sets the stage for the way your life has then been newly transformed. Yeah, I uh, I got to tell you, I've been in Christian media for quite some time now, uh, publishing, radio, that, that type of thing, uh, missions work, uh, right out of college went on staff with campus crusade and i've been pursuing pursuing christian service for so long and uh in decades and so my my life was has been serving the lord and really be focusing on leading people to christ and growing in uh in the relationship with the lord so uh that's been what i've been doing all these years and really seeing god do some great things and and so um, that kind of set me up for something personally, though, spiritually, that was a little bit difficult is I equated the quality of my service for the Lord to the health 
of my relationship with Jesus, and I was totally wrong. <laughs> well, and that's the that's the story and the testimony, right? So you're doing all these things. You're you're mentoring others. You're serving in all varieties of ministry. You're leading people to Jesus. You're writing. Uh, books and Bible studies. I mean, you're just this fantastic, you know, let's put him up there on a pedestal, stellar Christian example. But that's not what's happening on the inside. Um, you, you were not, you didn't, you weren't experiencing this intimacy with God that, you know, is really what Jesus died to give us, right? The good life, the full life, the abundant life that Jesus died to give us is not that we would make ourselves great in the, you know, small K kingdoms of Christian service but that we would find real intimacy with God. Can you talk about that freedom and what it feels like now? Sure. Yeah, I, I think the it's the before and after picture. Uh, I, I was going through ups and downs spiritually, um, had some great, great seasons with the Lord. I don't want to make it look like, hey, I'm serving God, but so uh, empty on the inside. That wasn't the case. Had great seasons for the Lord, but it was, um, you know, I struggled with anger, um, I was always doing, doing, doing. I had those spiritual highs and spiritual lows. There was an emptiness. I was confused, even feeling guilty because here I am serving God and seeing the Lord do, do good things, and there was something missing inside. So what I would do is I was up when I was serving victoriously and then down afterwards, and this went on for about, about 30 years as a Christian. And what happened is... I was doing the right things for the Lord, and whether when we talk about doing the right things for the Lord, I think uh, listeners can relate to things like uh, reading our Bible, praying, living obediently, serving at church, uh, maybe uh, even pastoring, um, serving in ministry, just plain doing all the right things for the Lord, and yet missing Jesus altogether uh, consistently. And what happened was a friend gave me a a book called... um, with reimagining the way you relate to God by Sky Jatani. And he explained five ways we relate to God. And one of those ways is we relate to God by doing things for God. And that was where I was. That was my relationship with God. I was doing things for God. And I thought that relationship was was going great until I basically imploded. And what he really focused on is we're supposed to relate to God and relationship with him. Um, Paul says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. In Philippians 3.8, that's that's become my, my theme verse to get me back on track that I want to know Christ. Paul said that two verses later. It says, I want to know Christ. And when I begin to do that, when I began to do that, um, the joy of the Christian life returned. Um, I, I found peace. I found rest. I found that I was enjoying my relationship with Jesus. So it was that spiritual thing of enjoying my relationship with Jesus. And the result was, hey, I'm joyful again. There's peace. There's rest. This is what I came to Christ, you know, decades ago, and this is what I experienced at first. I'm, I'm recapturing that. So it's been it's been an adventure and it's been a journey over these years. It's so good. Um, I'm going to put you guys directly in touch with John and this full ministry. So freshfaith247.com, freshfaith, and then the numbers, 247, so that's 247, freshfaith247.com, and that's also where you'll um, you'll see a pop-up there right away for 
the book we're talking about, which is Silence Your Inner Inner Pharisee, Ditch Performance and Embrace Radical Freedom in Christ. Um, This is more than just, you know, reading a book. There are these incredible um, windows, first of all, and then these invitations to begin rewriting my own story at the end of each chapter. I want to highlight the... um, both the exercises in knowing Jesus at the end of the book, um, but also this retreating with Jesus um, model. Can you talk about those? Sure, sure. The uh, I really believe that because we have so much coming at us throughout the day in our lives, getting that time to know Jesus and really developing that intimacy of, of our relationship with him, that's totally, that's countercultural. That's counterculture, and we have to we have to have these resets that enable us to do that. We have have to intentionally have a reset. I think of our our daily quiet time as a reset. It's like okay, I'm going to get together with the Lord, push everything out of my mind for a half hour, and get into the Word, have some prayer time, and okay, now I'm ready for the day. <laughs> That's a, a daily reset. Then I believe we need to have a weekly reset, which is um, uh, on the Sabbath. Is say okay, I'm going to just take a, a few hours. And I'm going to rest. And I'm going to read the word. Uh, maybe read a Christian book. Uh, I, I, this is a time for me to slow down. And it, it, every week, I, I we schedule that in and and do that and and to be with Jesus and and to breathe a little bit. There is what I believe we need to have is a. This has been a lifesaver for me. Is a monthly reset. This is the one that really has changed my life. I spend a half hour, a half day with Jesus. And it's it's without rules. Sometimes I listen to worship music, then I pray, then I read the word, I journal. That's an important part of it. I just let God take this, and I enjoy a half a day with Jesus. I carve it out on my schedule. That has totally changed my life, changed my relationship with the Lord. And then what you're talking about here is uh, also, and that's in the book, I give you a uh, guidelines on how you can have this half day with Jesus, getting having a retreat with him. Mm -hmm. And then um, I would really recommend spending a day or two getting away for an annual reset or a a full-blown personal retreat with the Lord. And that's kind of taking account of this past year, what God may have in the future, really listening to the Lord. We've got to be deliberate about um, couching some good time with Jesus and not it's not a performance time, but it's a relationship time. So those of us who perform are going to say, well, I've got to check off my quiet time. Okay, my half-day retreat, did that and that. <laughs> that misses the point. So we need that to get, get together so with good. Jesus and enjoy that time. Yeah, and enjoyment, I think, is a um, is the thing that I would highlight in all of this. As you know, it's not just about silencing my inner Pharisee. It's actually about learning to delight in the Lord um, and enjoy intimacy with Him, drawing near to God, um, so that I might actually have the experience of God drawing near to me. It's just beautiful. Um, I thank you for it. We're going to press it out in uh, in every way that we know how, um, John. So thank you so much for being here. Again, you guys, you can connect with all of this material and tons of resources. Fresh Faith 247. So that's for 24-7. FreshFaith247.com. The book is Silence Your Inner Pharisee, ditch performance and embrace radical freedom in Christ. I know there's a friend listening in Johns Island, South Carolina right now, and she's been saying, like, I do all of these things, but I don't feel intimate with God. I don't I don't feel 
um, God's God's presence and activity, even though I'm doing all these things. This is your book, by the way, uh, in case you were wondering. This is um, this is a total reset. This isn't just like a, let's redo a few things on the schedule. This is actually becoming a different kind of Christian, a different uh, person altogether. All right, friends. Um, wow. The first hour went really fast. We got a lot going on today. The text line is open. Please let me know um, how we can be praying for you, how we can be serving you, the questions you're asking in your daily life and walk. Um, this is, you know, this is a community. And so thank you so much for spending this time here with me today. In the next hour on uh, on Mornings with Carmen, we are going to have a conversation with George Barna about some things going on uh, in terms of the culture in which we live, um, the the views that we have of the things in this world, and how as Christians we need to be pressing ourselves into those um, into those challenges and conversations. And then Karen Swallow Pryor is going to join us. You know her um, as as an author and as a professor. Um, we're going to talk about um, the things that we witness online. And the difference, uh, the difference in terms of the spirit that you and I are to bring to the conversations of the day, the fruit of the spirit is not an option. So we're going to talk about that with Karen in the next hour. How can I be praying for you? Let me know. 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.